Hey, well, I want to welcome all our campuses today, and we are on the way up uh, to the best version of ourselves. That's what we've been talking about in this New Year, New You series that we're wrapping up today. And today is a special day. Anybody know why? Groundhog Day, exactly. No, no, it's, it's America's most holy day, believe it or not, the 54th Super Bowl. And you know, if, if you've been around Gateway uh, the last five years, um, we've been doing the Super Bowl of the Super Bowl preach-off. Anybody remember that? Yes. Uh, when we would basically, your, your pastors would get a chance to show how goofy they can be. Here's Kenny Green from Central and me hoisting the Gateway Lombardi Trophy again. They started to call me the Tom Brady of Gateway. I think that was more about age than wins, actually. But No, uh, we, are, we are putting a pause on the Super Bowl preach-off because this year we're doing something special. We're, we're beginning a citywide conversation around the topic of what's after life. And come back next week, we'll be talking more about that. Uh, as we start this new series, and we promised that we would give you more books to give to more of your friends, and so start writing down their names and praying for them and bringing those names. But today, two teams are going head-to-head, and they have been working for literally lifetimes for this moment, right? I mean, if you think about uh, the, the training, the discipline, the, the eating, sleeping disciplines, the workout routines they put in place for years, practicing together mentally, right? I mean, in the locker room, game films over and over and over, practicing plays over and over until everybody is working as one. Why? Well, so that they could win Super Bowl glory, right? For the glory, the fame, the honor, the financial rewards of being crowned Super Bowl champions, And you know, I've been thinking about this. There is something in the human spirit that just loves teamwork. Have you ever thought about that? Like, why do we like this so much? I I think that there's this challenge of working together as one to defeat our opponent that is actually in the heart of humanity, and I think it's put there by God. And you go, it's just football, John. I know, I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about why we value teams working together to overcome so much i think we value it because god intended us to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves something much bigger uh, than than we can imagine and i think that's why we value football even and we do value it you know that right i mean do you realize that uh businesses will pay uh what is it like five million dollars per 30 second ad at the Super Bowl tonight? Why? Well, because half of us, we watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, right? Here's a little best of just to remind you. I'm the new spokesman. I'm an employee of the night. It's not a competition. When you discover your real self. Wow! Look at me! I'm human! I'm the luckiest! Whatever ad this is. Whatever. Spreaker. Oh, Wi-Fi's down. Ah! 
And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. So it's a big game. It's a big deal. I mean, if you think about it, businesses will spend a half a billion dollars on ads tonight. Half a billion dollars on ads. Uh, the three big networks will pay $3 billion each year to be able to show football so that one out of three years they can show the Super Bowl. Stores will make $14 billion in sales from this one game. The 49ers, one team playing tonight, is valued at $3.5 billion. That's more than the country of Belize, Grenada, uh, Burundi, and 20 other countries. Isn't that amazing? It's a big game. The halftime show. It's a, it's a coveted honor. This year's performers, Jennifer, no, I don't age Lopez. <laughs> and Shakira, but you can call me Shake Hira. Because the hips don't lie, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least I didn't shake it. <laughs> that would not be pretty. <laughs> Do you know that they are paid a whopping zero to perform? But it's not just out of the goodness of their heart. Because their sales typically will go up by a thousand percent. And the typical performer will make a million dollars per concert after performing at the Super Bowl. Just because of the exposure. It's a big, big game. Why? Well, because we value it. That's why. Now, it's not football alone. I mean, pro soccer is even bigger on a global scale. But why is this? I think it's because there's something about teams working together to win that's actually in the human spirit. That God has actually put it there in us. I mean, think about it. It's, it's, it's not just pro sports. Think about sports for kids, right? They're huge. I've played soccer with kids all over the globe. I played soccer in the mountains with Haitian kids. I played on dirt fields in the barrios in Mexico. I played in the favelas in, in Brazil. I played in South Africa. Kids love sports all over the world. Why? I think God's put something in us. We were meant to be players on a winning team. But here's the point. On God's team. That's why it's in us. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I want to pose three questions to you as we dive into this. First is, do you see yourself as a part of God's team making a difference in the world? I mean, have you ever envisioned yourself that way? As we're talking about envisioning a new you, do you see yourself as actually part of God's team to make a difference? Second, what's your unique part that God has designed you to play? And then third, how can we actually win together? So first, are you on God's team, and then do you even realize there's an opponent to overcome? You know, William Easterly is a professor of economics who worked for 16 years at the World Bank, distributing IMF funds around the globe to alleviate poverty and injustice, until he finally became disenfranchised with the whole thing. He was disenchanted. And he wrote a book I read called White Man's Burden, and in it he talks about how malaria is a preventable disease and the leading cause of death for children under age five. 90% of the cases in sub-Sahara Africa. And he, he points out that preventing five million child deaths 
would cost just $3 for each new mother. That's $15 million to prevent 5 million childhood deaths each year. Now, before you compare it to Super Bowl spending and start to judge, it's not that simple. It's not that simple because what disheartened uh, William Easterly so much is the tragedy that he talks about that the West has spent $2.3 trillion on foreign aid over 50 years to Africa and not managed to get the medicines or the bed nets to solve the malaria crisis. In other words, after spending $2.3 trillion, trillion we've not been able to get bed nets and medicine to poor families. But he points out an even more shocking tragedy is that on a single day in July 16, 2005, American and British ingenuity got 9 million Harry Potter books into the hands of children. 9 million books into children's hands around the globe in one day. And he talks about why. Well, there's a real problem in our world, isn't there? And it's not simple to solve because the problem is not simply a lack of finances. It's not a, a lack of ability or ingenuity. We, we put a man on the moon. We can distribute 9 million books in a day. So why can't we solve these really important problems? Because our real problem is the problem of evil. Evil is our real opponent. And, and the truth is you go to every situation where there's poverty and injustice. Go to the poorest countries around the globe. I, I have. I've been there. And you talk to them about what the real problem is. It's corruption that keeps poverty and injustice rooted in. It's evil. Corruption that keeps aid from getting to, to really meeting the needs. Keeps people disempowered. In our own society, evil isolates, divides, it inflicts pain on an individual and then manipulates that individual to hurt other people. Uh, addictions destroy individuals and families. Evil hardens hearts until one-time lovers divorce and hurt. it hurts their kids. I mean, we all have a real opponent. We all face it. But the other truth is God has been recruiting a team to win against evil. But how? Well, to answer that question, I think we have to start with God's heart for all people. And his vision for his team, which is the local church. Relationally connected, working together. You know, I often hear people resist Jesus' claims. They say things like, well, it seems so exclusive. Uh, and yet, if you really know the claims, it's just the opposite. Uh, because uh, 66 books uh, that make up the Bible were written by numerous prophets over a th thousands of years. And, and yet all the nations are addressed in just about every one of the books. 533 times from Genesis to Revelation, God is writing, addressing all the nations. There is no other sacred writing in the history of the world that, where God is claiming to speak to all the nations. Research it for yourself. And what God is talking about is that his heart, his plan is to restore all willing people. First back to God and then unite all nations together to be a solution that overcomes the evil that divides and destroys us. That's why God says to the prophet Isaiah, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. 
The kind of fasting I want calls you to free those who are chained by injustice, to stop oppressing those who work for you. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, to not turn away from your own relatives in need. See, what this is saying is God cares for those that no one else cares for. God sees those needs all around the, the globe. God cares for the physical and spiritual needs of people. He cares about the injustices of the world. And he teaches us when we care about those that no one else cares for, it counts on eternity's scoreboard. See, one day God will hoist the Lombardi trophy of heaven. One day we will participate in that, but it comes at the end of the game of life. And God tells us that all of us who play on his team will stand before him and he will say to them, well done, well done. Because whenever you, you, uh, met, you saw me in need, when you saw me hungry or thirsty or homeless or sick or in the hospital or in prison and you did something about it, here's what he'll say. You did it for me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. See, what Jesus taught us, teaches us, is that every person matters to God. And Jesus demonstrated how much every person matters to God in God's global economy. They're worth dying for. That's what they're worth. And he said to those who follow him, and you are a light in the world. Let your light shine before others that they will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. What does it mean to bring light into the darkness? Well, when Jesus was here, he said, I am the light of the world. And what did he do? Because he's leading us to do the same. Everywhere he went, spiritual and physical needs were met. The hopeless found hope. The outcast felt invited in and included to belong. The unloved found this gift of grace and unconditional love. The broken, emotionally or spiritually, found healing. Those hurting or tormented found relief. Those trapped in addictions found a power to overcome. Those who were restless and anxious found peace. Everywhere Jesus went, these things happened and he said, God's way of life has come among you. The kingdom of God has come among you. That's bringing light into the darkness. That's the light that overcomes the darkness. And friends, we can't curse the darkness if we're not going to be a part of the team that brings light to the world, right? And his church is supposed to carry on his work to be that light so let me ask you do you envision yourself on god's team pushing back the darkness that destroys people bringing light to the world around us well, maybe that feels overwhelming because you think about the need and you think i'm just one person and here's the truth there is very little that you and i can do by ourselves you know we can try hard but there's very little that we can do by ourselves but here's the thing when we work together as one team, it's amazing what God can do through us together. We can do a lot when we work together as one team. Just a small sampling. So for our 20-year anniversary, as one church, 
we, we started to look at what has God used us together to do? Do you know that over the last 20 years, over 7,000 people have found hope and love and forgiveness and faith in Christ? And then they've started to grow to, to see themselves as a part of a team serving others. And as a result of that, $7.5 million has been given out from you, Gateway, to meet crisis needs in Austin, to alleviate poverty and injustice through our partnerships around the world. In Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Burundi, India, Nicaragua, Mexico. And here's a really cool thing. In that book, William Easterly talks about how, you know, top-down funding doesn't work because of corruption. But bottom-up empowering through partnership, through relationship, locally empowering local people to solve their own problems that works and that's what we're doing in partnership with local churches and christian organizations that you on go teams get to go serve alongside and help we're relationally engaged and that's why in partnership do you realize that every day you're feeding ninety-one thousand haitian kids every day it keeps happening you didn't even realize it did you we've helped 30,000 rural Burundi families. We built a hospital and a school in India to help the poorest of the poor. There are two villages in the Dominican Republic and eight villages in Nicaragua who get fresh water every day because of you and the partnerships we're in. 686,000 meals have been distributed to people in need in Branson because we're working together. We've been able to mobilize 394,000 hours of volunteer service here in Austin. Do you realize you alone would have to serve 12 hours a day for 90 years to do that alone? You couldn't. But we have done it together in the last 20 years. That is the power of God's team working together as one. God's team, his local church. Are you on God's team? Because the truth is he's drafting every willing person from all across the globe. And he's the best coach. If we will listen to him, he's got a unique role for each one of us to play. But you got to sign up for the team. How do you do that? It's real simple. You tell him, I'm in. You know, Jesus paid the price to recruit you onto his team. You ever thought about that? Jesus paid the highest price to forgive you and me and all of us all of our wrongs against God so that he could forgive us, bring us onto his team if we're willing to say, okay, God, I'm not going to try to be player coach anymore. You get to be the coach. You call the plays. You lead my life, and, and I'll run the plays. You tell him that. You're on his team. And not just his team. He calls you part of the family. He's building a family. In fact, what God is doing, think about all the division in our world today, okay? What God is doing is building a team and a family out of people who are, tend to be divided. Back in Jesus' day, that was the Jews and the Gentiles. And look at what it says in Ephesians 2. Together as one body, Christ reconciled or made friends of enemies, both groups, to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. And now all of us can come to one Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. 
See, God has a plan to defeat evil by drafting a team of people from around the nations that he can coach to work together as one. But do you see yourself as a part of God's team making a difference in the world? Maybe it sounds funny to you, you know, the whole football team metaphor, but I think that's why we value it so much. There is a transcendent quality that God's put in the human heart. We were made to play a role on God's team to overcome evil. So the second question is, what's the unique part God designed you to play? And the way you figure that out is by being coachable. <laughs> you got to let God lead you. You, you got to let God's Spirit coach you and show you your uniqueness and then show you by playing different roles. We play different roles at, at different times on his team. And the local church relationally connected is his team to overcome evil. Jesus said it this way. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You're on a winning team. And it says God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head, the coach, over all things for the benefit of the church and the church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. It's a mystery, but here's what he's saying. The church is not a building, whatever building we're in. The church is not this service, okay? This is just the locker room talk. We're about to go play the game, right? The church is people relationally connected, working together as God coaches us to work together. That's the church. You know, that's why we're starting local campuses uh, around Austin, you know, in, in Buda and Pflugerville and Dripping Springs and other places. And it's why even in those campuses, like here at North, we've got networks. You know, smaller groups of people who are working together to serve different people groups. And even with those, within those networks, small groups of, you know, 10 to 12 meeting in homes and community groups just to discuss the message, but really get to have close spiritual friendships. Or in life groups, where we're really going deeper in spiritual growth together. That's why. Because, because we can't be on God's team relationally disconnected. Are you connected? Are you a part of his team working together to overcome evil? You know, when we work together in, in, in local relationship, that's powerful. And I just want to encourage you, if you are a Christ follower, don't stay on the sidelines in the bleachers. You know, get involved in the game. Get involved in the role and the part God wants you to play because that's how we overcome evil in the world together. Now, a good coach knows how to develop the players, right? Knows how to help identify the uniqueness and then help them all work together. And a good coach is really important, but we have to trust that coach. You know, I'm amazed at, at the difference coaching makes. Like, for instance, Coach Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs who's going to play tonight, could end up in the NFL Hall of Fame if the Chiefs win. Uh, because as a coach, uh, Andy Reid has taken his teams to five NFC playoffs. Uh, he's now, this is going to be the second Super Bowl appearance. His teams have won 221 games, the most NFL wins of a coach who has not yet won the Super Bowl championship. That's why they think if Andy Reid wins, if the Chiefs win, he'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, it's amazing how much difference a coach can make, uh, even with the same players. 
Like you think about John Wooden, UCLA Bruins in, in college basketball. You know, he coached the Bruins for 27 years to an unprecedented 10 national championships. I mean, just think about that. Uh, you know, as a coach in college basketball, every year, 25% of the team turns over. Every four years, it's a whole new team. How did he get so consistent with winning? A good coach with, with players trusting him makes a big difference. You know, I'm a soccer fan. For those of you who are soccer fans, how about Sir Alex Ferguson, right? Hey, if you think we think football is big here, so Alex Ferguson uh, was a leading uh, coach for Manchester United for 26 years. He was knighted by the queen, all right? So football is big there too. It's just a different football. But this is an amazing story, really, because he led... Uh, Ferguson, for 26 years, led Manchester United, won 38 trophies. So the Queen knights him for his soccer accomplishments. And I will never forget the lesson on teamwork uh, because I follow the Premier League. And uh, the season, the five seasons before Sir Alex retired in 2013, Man U went first, second, first, second, first. The year he retires under a new coach, the exact same team that had won all those and won the Champions League ends up at 14th in the bottom of the table, barely climbing back to 7th. Same players. Why? Well, teamwork and trusting the coach. See, for some reason, uh, these, these players, the same players, were not trusting the new coach there was a different attitude or mindset. They weren't united as one trusting the coach. And I got to tell you, I have coached uh, kids for 15 years in soccer, you know, and, 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 and I still play soccer. And when you can get people to set aside their, you know, their self-centered play and listen to the coach and work together as one, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But I'll tell you something else. Teams do not have winning seasons when you got half the players who are thinking first about themselves rather than the team. And when they're not willing to listen to the coach where everybody thinks, you know, I, I've got the, the right idea in my own head. So let me ask you, is Jesus your coach in the game of life? I mean, do you humbly listen? Do you take his words seriously? Do you study the playbook? And, and this is why, here at Gateway, I want to just encourage all of us. You know, the, the, on your iPhone or, or phone, you can get the version Bible, and it has reading plans on that, or listening plans. You can listen on your way to work. It will read to you. You don't even have to read. But why don't you make this 2020 the year you go through the New Testament? Listen to the words of the coach. Because here's the deal, friends, you will never overcome evil in your own life or together with others if you're not coachable, if you don't listen to the one who has a plan to overcome evil. We've got to be humble and willing to listen to the coach. And then the coach is able to develop you and me and draw out our best and show our unique contribution. Do you realize God has uniquely gifted you He's given you different experiences, different passions, different gifts, so that we can all, in our uniqueness, work together. See, our diversity is good, but our unity and diversity is even better. 
That's why it says this in Romans 12. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Wow, that's a concept, isn't it? We have different gifts according to the grace God's given us. If a person's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, you know, give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. See, it says God's intent for his church is, is for us in our relational connectedness to function like a body, like eyes, ears, hands, nose, feet, you know, internal organs, some seen, some unseen. But as we listen to the coach and as we respect each other and work together with our differences, God does an amazing thing with us all. Do you know your gifts? You know, um, one of the spiritual outcomes on our spiritual formation path, this is what life groups do together, you know, meeting in homes, is to grow intentionally spiritually. One of those outcomes is understanding yourself better, understanding the gifts God's given you and how uh, he wants to use you to work together. I want to encourage you, you know, one last shot here in our high-impact season to get involved in a group. It's not too late. You know, just check out a community group. Community groups are meeting throughout the week to just discuss the message on the weekend more. But you'll make spiritual friends there. You'll start to grow. And then I bet in time you'll want to to move into a life group where you really get intentional about a spiritual workout to really grow into the best version of you. It's not too late to get in a group. I would encourage you to do that. So we start to learn to work together as a team, and that's how we begin to win together. We win together when we realize, I can't do much just as a free agent. I've actually got to join a team. And I actually have to listen to the coach. And then I have to think about what we're doing together, not just what I'm doing alone. And when we do that, it's amazing what God does through us. Let me give you just a couple of little examples. Uh, A disabled woman who is caring not only for her disabled children, but grandchildren also, was struggling to even keep her utilities on when one of you met her. You saw her need And you couldn't do it all by yourself, but you connected her to one of our networks, our community care network, who got with her and helped her take next steps to keep the utilities on. Through our food pantry here at North, she got immediate food assistance. She started attending the service here with the person who got to know her and started to give her hope that she's not alone. She can make it through this crisis time. When it was discovered that she didn't even have adequate furniture in her home, one of you was connected with another person who actually donated furniture that would meet the needs of her disabled children. And see, God, coaching his team, overcame evil's isolating, crippling ways. I remember another example when Lindy started a, a network to serve women in brothels, which, by the way, are all around us here in Austin. See, evil likes to stay hidden because it keeps people trapped that way and she and a group of women would just go and just just love on on the women there and give them gifts and and serve them and one of the women started coming here to gateway north with lindy and met many of you and felt so accepted and loved and valued she never felt that before because here's the thing most of the women 
who get trapped in that industry or taken in. They were sexually abused for years. They've never felt valued, and then they get taken in by evil. And because of the way you treated her and listening to the message, she gave her heart to Christ. And, and then you surrounded her, and, and they started praying with her. And, and saying, you know, she said, I want to get out of the sex industry, but I don't have the money. And I said, but now you've got God. Start asking him how. And she started praying. Now, uh, I do not and will not recommend Lotto to you. Okay? But this is a true story. So she starts praying, and she goes into the store and felt led to buy the only Lotto ticket she's ever bought in her life. And that month wins $34,000 and is able to move back home to Oklahoma and reconcile with her parents and get out of that trap. Now, yeah, that's, some of you are like, wait, you're not supposed to play lotto. Exactly, okay? But God is mysterious. Do not email me. I am not recommending lotto. I'm recommending God, and he's mysterious. So do what he says. Have you ever seen geese flying south for the winter? You know, they, they, they've been flying south. For, actually, we don't have much of a winter right now, do we? But when they fly south for the winter, they always fly in a V formation. You know why? Because they can go farther together than alone. Do you know that, that they do that because the, the draft, the wind coming off one wings lifts the other. And in that V formation, do you know they can fly 70% farther than if they try to fly alone? We go farther together. It's the way God created us to be. But you know what, what kills what God wants to do with us together? What kills teams is self-centered players. That kills teams. And cynicism against the coach and against the team. Because in reality, if, if players aren't committed to the team and to working together, if they're really more in it for themselves, the team will fall apart. You'll never have a winning season. And the truth is, this is what is making it so hard on the church. There's a lot of cynicism, right? And I'm not talking about church like big. I'm talking about church like relational. But we do have to be on the same team, and we have to have the same playbook, and we have to be in, in consistently working together. And the reality is, most of us normally use our gifts to try to gain fame or glory or be remembered in the world, right? That's kind of the way of the world. You use your gifts, you, you, you try to get that glory or that fame or be, you know, prove that you're rememberable. You're memorable here in this world. But here's the irony of it. When we use our gifts and abilities mainly for our own glory, we won't be remembered. You'll be forgotten. Want proof? What's the name of your great, great, great grandfather? Anybody know? I don't know. We will be forgotten. I mean, even the great people of human history, in time, they're forgotten. But check this out. God remembers everything. He doesn't forget anything. Every act of service motivated by love for God, every sacrifice given in his name, every gift given in his name, every, every sacrificial act of service, no matter how small, God promises to remember and reward. 
says in Hebrews 6.10, He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. He forever remembers those small, seemingly unimportant acts of service that even we've forgotten, but that when we follow the coach, he uses together. What do you remember about January 18th, 2020 weekend? Probably not much. But you know, God remembers it all when his team worked together to make a difference in the world. Mark Pena and the team at Butikyle, a team of volunteers, got up early to set up. And as a result, Yolanda started coming for the first time and listening to the message. And Gina, who had gone through Alpha here at North, moved down there and decided to volunteer to put on Alpha for Buta. And as a, as a result, Yolanda heard about Alpha, and Alpha helped her really strengthen her faith after 10 years disconnected from community and going through a divorce. God wins over an evil that isolates people and keeps people from his love. He remembers all that. And God remembers when Jose and Colby and other volunteers from Gateway South, you know, together with Gateway North uh, volunteers, like Joel and Brittany and, and, and Dan and Chrissy and many others, took their three-day weekend that weekend to host a camp for 350 children and students. And because of those volunteers' love, that's why two middle school students felt safe enough to come forward and admit they were struggling with suicidal thoughts, and that camp was their last hope. But you know what? They felt the love of Christ surround them, and they found a new hope and a new value, and God won over evil that weekend because of us working together, and God saw all that, and he won't forget. God remembers that weekend as Levi and Hannah and Andrew and different band members woke up at 6 a.m. to volunteer their musical abilities to serve God. And as a result, Jim came in very brokenhearted from a broken marriage that really was a result of his addiction. And sitting here, the music ministered to him, and he heard and realized he can start over spiritually and got connected into recovery. And Jim found hope, and God, God's team wins again over the evils of addiction. And no one remembers how Wayne brightened the lives of a dozen preschoolers that day, but God remembers, and it counts. And God saw Mark and Kimberly down south using their, their gifts and, and business acumen to put together a free financial seminar to help people get out of debt. God saw that and remembers. And, and Christina, who recently got baptized uh, at, at Gateway, gave her copy of What's After Life to her co-worker that weekend. And the co-worker said this, Wow, the book you gave me has become the, sci the scientific evidence for my beliefs. Thank you so much. Kevin and Fran and the Hill Country Network, that weekend were helping a single mom go through surgery in, in Dripping Springs. And Karen was getting her network ready to go serve the homeless in central Austin. And here's the deal, even if the rest of the world forgets everything, God never forgets anything. Every act of service done on January 18th, God remembers. So tonight, a team of people will host the Lombardi Trophy. 
They will be crowned in glory and honor, some of the greatest glory and honor the world can give, Super Bowl champions. And 80 years from now, no one will remember. But you know what? You who play on God's team and follow the coach, you will be remembered. You will share a glory that will never fade. It says in Colossians 3, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share all his glory. The glory we play for lasts. And it's game time. You ready? Let's go in. Let's pray together and I'm going to turn it over to our campuses after. God, we thank you that you have recruited us to be on your team. Not just your team, your family. That this family team is what is undoing, is, is bringing back together the things that evil does to divide and destroy us. And God, we want to be people who play all out for you. Thank you, Lord, that you promise. You see everything. You remember and you reward. And so, God, even as we go and host Super Bowl parties or interact with our neighbors, help us remember to see them the way you see them and to care about them the way you care, to be your hands and feet everywhere we go, that we might win for you. In Jesus' name, amen.